Motherboard, proudly brought to you by FamilyFriendlyHQ.ie. Flynn and you're very welcome to the Motherboard podcast. This podcast series features parents talking about the beautiful but often hard work of raising children today. Joining me in studio is Selena Moran. I'm so happy to meet you, Selena, who's a mum of four and three of her children were conce- conceived using a sperm donor. Selena, you're so welcome to the show today and I'm really looking forward to talking to you about something that a lot of people won't have heard of, which is called being a single mother by choice. Selena, how are you? Thank you. Thanks. Um, Selena, could you explain what that term means? Because a lot of people would think a single mom is something that happens, a relationship might break down. But this is kind of a new um, thing that involves actually you choosing to parent alone. Yeah. So single mother by choice, really, as you just said, is someone just deciding to parent alone. Um, and it's going down the route then of using a donor to succeed then in having a family. And do you always want to be a mum from when you were younger yeah for me it was never about the wedding dress the fairy tale wedding for me it was I was always wanted to be a mum it was something that I wanted to do um, I used to even you know when we'd be out shopping with mum I'd look at little baby clothes always picking them up and things like that so for so me baby mad baby mad yeah and then you had your first um, son and then decided that you wanted that relationship didn't work out but then you decided I really want to be a mum again yeah well I had always said that if I ever was you know, successful and having children that I didn't want um, my children to be an only child. I myself am an only child, not that there's any downside to it, but I just felt that it'd be nice to have a sibling. Brothers or sisters, sisters. yeah. Yeah, Because it was always just myself and my mum. So my immediate family is quite small anyway. So that was my choice then for going on to see if it even was an option to go down that And route. what sort of research were you able to do or what, what was the next step in that? Um, well, I suppose it was kind of... Uh I had like kind of, I suppose myself, I was a little bit limited, but I looked into it and it was actually then my mum that brought home the article in the Waterford today that the Waterstone Clinic were opening consultation rooms in Waterford. So I rang seeing if I was able to self-referral myself or did I need to be referred? So no. So did you need to go to a doctor first? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get you. So um, I had my consultation in March and basically that's just where you kind of meet with the consultant, you like obviously what you want to do and then you're um, told then that you have to go on then for tests and then the process kind of starts. And did you kind of decide that a relationship you just didn't want to be in another relationship or that this was the priority that it was really that you wanted to be a mum more than anything else? Yeah I wanted to be a mum kind of more than anything else and not that okay yes when a relationship breaks down you are like heartbroken and things like that but I just felt that I wasn't going to sit kind of around and wait like for the next Prince Charming to come along because it could be six months or it could be six years yeah Um, and for me being a mom and like spending so much time with Harry I knew it was right it felt right and then I just wanted to pursue and grow my family Brilliant. And so you then contacted Waterstone, the clinic, and they were lovely, I presume. They were very supportive and gave you all the information. Yeah, I couldn't believe like how supportive that they were like from the initial consultation because I didn't even know if it was something that could be entertained for like a single woman deciding, right, I want to have a family. I didn't know if it was possible. Um, But I was like treated like any other person going in, made feel so relaxed um, and things like that. And yeah, it was very pleasant from the beginning. 
And, you know, in your own head about kind of there's a stereotypical family unit. And I know it's something that I always talk about the podcast that, you know, what kids need more than anything is love. It doesn't really matter the makeup of the family. It's that you kind of are supported in your decisions. Did you feel like you you had that support? Yeah, I, I have to say that I was very lucky from the start. Like when I talked to mum like about it and explained what I wanted to do. And I think she even booked the appointment, didn't she? Yeah, like, so she was <laughs> like, lovely. give me a push there. Yeah, come on, you can do this. Um, and even my own nanny and granddad, like, you know, the support was overwhelming. And I suppose because they're kind of the older generation, I didn't know if it was going to be as positive from them but I was really surprised they're kind of very with it and you know um, thing like that so the support was great from the start And did you tell people kind of before you actually were pregnant or anything that this was something you were considering or did you keep it very private? No I kept it kind of just to my own immediate family and thing like that because I didn't know you know, like obviously how it was going to pan out and everything like that. And, as and I suppose you don't want to get people's hopes up. Yes, like, uh, exactly. Yeah, of course. And I suppose I kind of would be a very private person anyway and thing like that. But I had no problems like once you know, pregnancy was confirmed, like sharing my story. I had nothing to hide. I didn't no, see that I was doing not. anything you're, wrong. You're not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. And so the process. So, um, you know, in the clinic, do you get counselling beforehand to make sure this is something that's right for you and that you're in the right headspace for yeah, it? Yeah, you have to have um, counselling. Counselling is provided before treatment even starts and it's provided then through treatment and after. And so even, you have that support is ongoing. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and thing like that. So, do you know, it's good, you know, they're there for you to talk air views see if it is you know really something that you want to do because you know it's not like buying a pair of shoes and deciding that you don't like it it's a lifelong decision and thing like that so you know it is good to sit down talk it out and make sure that you know you do feel and also you being the lovely diligent mum that you are I'm sure there was a concern that you wanted to make sure that it was the right thing for your son as well yeah exactly because it was going to change your family dynamic yeah definitely like and they even kind of you know they talk through you know introducing like a sibling sitting down and explaining you know and the process and things like that but you know giving you kind of the tools to break it down so that you know to make it understandable for little people yeah Yeah. exactly and so then you decided to go ahead head and how do you go about then choosing a sperm donor? What is the the process? Because I think a lot of people wouldn't have a clue how that how that's done. Um, well, basically, like you, you obviously your blood type is also taken because you know to match with a donor, and there's testing done as well. And one of the tests also that's carried out is for cystic fibrosis, so that you're tested to see if you're a gene carrier, so that when you're being matched up with your donor, that it's not going to be somebody who's also carries, carries that there's any yeah. risk. Okay, so like I actually found out that. I was the carrier for cystic fibrosis so then when I went on then for the process of selection for the donor then obviously So it's very thorough Yes it is and things like that so then you're um, in my case I actually got the donor co- uh, coordinator to help me with selection to narrow it down because So what does that look lo- look like? What information can um, you look at? And what information did you look at? Um, well you can give them basic information or you can go right in depth um, into now I went fairly in depth with the donor select that I selected but I also chose them not to look at a photo of my donor. So this was a non-anonymous donor? Non-anonymous donor which I chose, yeah. And so that means that in the future that this person 
if if your kids want to find out who their dad is that they can yeah they have the right to find out um, when they get older if they wish to and that was important to you yeah well I felt that it wasn't my right to take away from my children you know for them you know for me to say well you're not going to be able to find out because Mm -hmm. you know that has to be their choice when they're old enough if you know they do want to find out so I didn't feel it was for me to take that right away from them you're just right and so how did you choose like you got like a short list I presume yeah I got a short list and because one of the names that came back was Barry, that was it. It just stuck out and that's how I picked it. Now, obviously, I did know height, weight, um, career and things like so that. Just to explain, so the donors have, like, I suppose, pet names to identify them. Yeah, I suppose them. you could yeah. call them nicknames. Like, obviously, you're not given their full um correct name and thing like that but um, you are then given like if you go for a basic selection you're given height uh, weight eye colour hair colour and their career and then if you opt then to go for more in depth you'll get like you know history um, of the family um, pastimes and things like that Okay and the the clinic that they work with is based in Denmark is that right? Yeah they use two sperm banks in Denmark um, and things like that um, so if like your choice of donor they only within their clinic will only use that donor once and then they have they it's not mandatory to run it through a database but Waterstone Clinic do run all information. So they're very, very careful. Yeah. So yeah. then you start, so how long from when you first went into the clinic to you actually started treatment? Um, it was pretty quick because I was lucky enough that like I was healthy. And well. Know, and yeah. well and things like that. Um, like you have all your routine bloods and then do you know your um, egg reserve is checked as well to see that you do have enough and that there's a good chance that you'll get pregnant, pregnant yeah. yeah but you are also told that you not you may not get pregnant first time round that it might take a couple of goals yeah exactly so then I started my treatment in September and you must have been very excited but also very nervous I was excited and nervous and I suppose like because you know you're explaining like that you have to there's a course of injections when you start treatment and you're scanned as well you have baseline scans to make sure that you know that the follicles are developing correctly and everything like and that and that you're taking the right amount of yes exactly hormone, yeah. Et cetera, yeah. Um, and things like that so um, I was very lucky that I only had to inject for seven days and then I had another scan to check so I had to inject them for another two days and then I think it was on day 11 um, I was given my trigger injection just just to mature mm-hmm. the follicle, and then once that happens, the insemination happens. Then the next day, yeah, the next morning, and it was all over quite quickly because I think a lot of people think it's a lot more kind of, you know, it takes a long time, but it doesn't. It's no, over in it two minutes. Yeah, and they like they came out with the um, sample, placed it in, and then they were like, "Okay, you're done." And I was like, "Oh, what do, what do I have to wait?" <laughs> kind of had like a bit of um, a Jennifer Lopez moment in that, you know, the film. I was kind of holding on to my legs. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. fall out, you know, being a bit naive and thing. But no, it was really, really quick. Um, like it's pain free. You don't yeah. feel a thing. Um, and then you have to wait then obviously 10 days. And that must have been test. so nervous. 
is to wait and thinking, oh my God, am I, am I not? Yeah, um, and things like that. And then you're kind of thinking, oh, maybe do I feel pregnant? Don't I, I feel yeah, pregnant? Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a very long 10 days <clears throat> waiting to see. But then when I tested... Um, again, were you on your own or did you have your mum with you? when you? No, I tested test? on my own. Okay. Um, and well, that was one probably of, I'd say, four tests that I'd done I just to make sure. Yeah, of course. I um, think everyone does that. I think everyone, is, when you think pregnant, you have at least seven tests yeah. before, you, before you believe it. As my mum said, I, I was keeping clear blue in, in business. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then you're tested then and then you have to ring the clinic and then you're brought back for a, a confirmation scan to... Um, confirm pregnancy. And what did that scan reveal? Um, that scan then when I went back revealed that there was two little um, heartbeats. And I'd say you nearly passed out. Yeah, I, well I'd be honest I did cry yeah. because I was thinking. That's frightening like that yeah, is. I was yeah. thinking oh wow like I've chose to do this on my own and now there's two um, and things like that. Now like obviously you are explained that there is a certain risk to multiple um, uh, pregnancy like but I was thinking, oh God, do you know? But, you know, like once you have time to process it and think about it, do you know, it was, the way I look at it now, it was a miracle like to be expecting twins and it was lovely because my own grandfather, he's a twin. Okay. And I just thought it was lovely and like he's, his brother, like they're, he, they're twin boys as well and then my boys are identical twin boys. So, do you know, it was and lovely. How, were, how did you feel physically then? Because, I mean, a twin, twin pregnancy is tough anyway, but doing a kind of on your own I'd say was quite challenging um, it was but I have to say like my mom was nearly like my partner saying yeah, through she, it you, you know you she was there for, support, yeah. yeah I really did and she was there for everything and like it was a very very tough pregnancy um, was it? It but more than yeah. sickness it's much worse than like a single like literally gen. double yeah it's double everything do you know but do you know it It was and yes it was a lovely experience as well um, and did you feel kind of obliged to explain to people that there was no partner or did you just not say anything or how did you approach that? If anyone, you know, if I was asked, oh, do you know, you'd be busy and, you know, have you got good support? And, you know, you know, about the husband, I'd, you know, I'd always make it a point that, no, there is no partner. There is no husband. I'm doing this by myself because it's my choice. Yeah, you'd get the odd stare and look and kind of the pity like, oh, you know, you're doing it on your own. But, do you know, look. I think even even if you're in a relationship, the mothers do 90% of the work anyway. But, you know, all my, I have to say that nearly all feedback was positive. I couldn't honestly say that there was anyone. Well, that's really nice to hear, you know, that the that feedback was actually good and that yeah. you felt supported. Like, and even a lot of people said, you know, that if they had the courage to do it, they wish that they had have done it, you know, and if they had their time over again, knowing that this option was there, that they definitely would have went down And that's what I think is great talking to you and hearing this because I think for a lot of people, they sometimes might give up on their actual dream, which is being a, a parent. Yeah, because they don't think that it's a possibility and it's lovely to hear that it actually is. Yeah. So you had your two little people. Yeah, I had my two little people. And what did your older son say when he realised that he was having not one but two siblings? Oh, bless. He was so cute because he said, I hope, he said one will be, he, he's, he was mad for a little sister. Oh, lovely. Yeah. 
lights. But um, he said, oh, you know, he you could see the little pride in his little face. Like, you know, I'm going to be a big brother, like to two babies and things like that. And it was funny because when they were born and he came in to see them, I, um, Ollie was taken into. And how did everything go with that? How was how was the birth? Was it oh, okay? birth was perfect. It was natural um, and things like that. And I'd say you were just so delighted not to be pregnant anymore. You know, that it was actually, you know, you're going to have your babies finally. Yeah, but I did kind of have when I, you know, you have that little moment that, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. You kind of miss your whole, you know, like they're on the outside now and you have to look after them. They were in there and you were keeping them safe. But um, no, I was very, very lucky. Pregnancy was fine. Birth was fine and things like that. Um, And there was no major complications, only that Ollie just had to spend a couple of days just in neonates um, because he was a little little bit bit smaller. But when Harry came in, he was like, where's the other one? Because Ollie was in neonates and Nathan was with me and he was like, you told me there was two and there's only one. (laughs) So it's just kind of the cuteness and the naiveness of of him coming in and see the babies. And when you got home, did you have any moments of like, oh my goodness, did you ever feel kind of overwhelmed at all? No, because I think I was lucky in the fact that because we got into a routine from the fact that um, Ollie being neonates and we were lucky enough that we were given a room and we were able to stay then and the three of us then were together and I just from then I just kind of said right I need to get into a routine because when we get home it's going to be the same thing and it's going to be real. That's such a great that's such a great attitude to have. Um, and I think because the midwives used to come in and say to me um, oh no we'll take them for a little while and I was like no no it's fine I can so do you were this. quite determined Yeah I was just uh, I had it in my mind that right we had to get into a plan and we and could do this. And that you decided this and you were yeah. doing it. And I think that really stood then that when I got home it was just it was the same thing. It was but just you repeti- flew it didn't you? Like it, they, you know you really got on incredibly yeah, well. Yeah like I have to say I was so lucky with them like they were just they were really nearly textbook babies they were just so so I was so so lucky with them that they were so good like from the start. And how did you find kind of night feeds and things like that with with two little people? Um, Well, I did. Or again, was it just getting into that really good routine and sticking to it? Yeah, it was because I opted to breastfeed them. So I am I. I was lucky that they never actually both woke at the same time to feed. There was always kind of that 20 minutes. It was like minutes. a tag team. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have one fed changed and then the next would wake. So then It's kind of like a military operation, yeah. isn't it? But I got to 12 weeks of breastfeeding and I just felt That's amazing. that I just, I said, you know, that I'd start to introduce the bottle, that, you know, that I could say to mom, would you mind just taking one to feed? And also I felt that Harry needed to get involved because you know, if he wanted to feed. Because it must have been tough on Harry because, you know, he had you all to himself and now there's yeah. these two, not one, but two new people. Yeah. So that is quite and tough. I think he did kind of feel it like, you know, when they first came home because you're just kind of, you know, everyone's about the babies and looking at the babies and, you know, he did kind of so feel. so cute and all, yeah. Well. And then kind of when I made the decision then to introduce the bottle of feeding, he was getting more involved and, you know, I'd get him like, you know, bring up in their clothes and you know get him that he felt like oh I am the big brother and you know make him feel more a part of it so that he's on the inside being a part of it as yeah rather than outside, outside looking absolutely. in yeah and you're you live close by to your mum and your grandparents don't you? Yeah, yeah I do we're all in the one farmyard so there's no getting away from us but that's great though <laughs> no it that. is no in fairness is because like you do need kind of even five minutes for them to come in and sit just even for yourself to think you know yeah this is 
you know, just gather your thoughts and things like that. So, I mean, you have an amazing family unit. It's just not the perhaps traditional family unit that exactly. people would think of. Yeah, um, and things like that. But like as you mentioned, once I think the children have love and they're healthy and happy, you know, that's what a child needs, you know, t- to grow up and succeed in life. Just as long as they're loved and happy, that is really the main Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And I mean, all research into child development, a lot of it would state that actually the family unit is not what it's Im- what is important. It's that you've strong role modelling um, from parents or from guardians so that basically that a child feels like they're safe, that that's the most important for developmental wise, yeah. that it's not, you know, the traditional mum and dad because I just don't think that exists in Ireland anymore you know it's it's kind of a, a it would be great if it would be perfect like that for everyone but I don't think it is No it's not and like you know there is like you know you have your same sex couples and people that you know wish to do it on their own and things like that but I, yes you do need I think support you won't solely do it on your own as in that you do need someone to kind of talk to that is close to you let it be family or or, or a very good friend. Yeah, you do need someone just to air your views and, you know, discuss and, you know, tell people. And so you're now mum of, of three. And at what point did you think I would actually like another little person? And were you not worried? Oh, my goodness. What if I have another set of twins? Oh, well, the joke <laughs> was that mum said, oh, if you go again now, it could be triplets. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know? But I decided pretty quick after having the twins that I wanted to go again. Um, and things like that. So, like, I got in contact with Waterstone to see, like, is there, you know, how long do you have to kind of wait to? Um, and important to say is what you wanted was if it was possible so that the twins would have a full sibling. Exactly, yeah. So because be I the used, same donor yeah, the, the, same second, donor. the second time uh, around. Because I probably should have mentioned that when I was um, picked my sperm donor, I actually purchased what they call, they're called straws. So I had four straws Um um, so basically, just to explain, a straw basically is a, is a sample. It's yes. a good quality sample, sample of, of sperm. Donor sperm, And yeah. you can buy one, to, you can buy one or you can buy a couple. Yeah, exactly. So, so you'd only used the one. So there yeah, were still first three, time, so, so I had three, three, three left, I get you. Um, and things like that. So there's um, 14 months between the twins and Noah because I had a failed cycle. Um, my Say my first cycle after having the twins to become pregnant on Noah was actually a failed cycle. That must have been tough because it happened, you know, first time round very easily. It must have been quite disappointing. Yeah, it was a little bit disappointing, but like I also, you know, I have to be very grateful as well that I did was so lucky to get pregnant the first time and that there's people out there that are trying, you know, for a long time. And it never happens. So, you know, I couldn't, I didn't feel that, I, you know, it was to get too upset and about it. did you know it. in your own head you thought this is going to happen? You Like you seem like a very positive person and kind of once you decide something, it happens. Um, I suppose, yeah, in a way, yeah, I just said, right, you know, this will work. It, you know, it will be fine and thing like that. So I went straight in then to the second cycle and... I actually tested uh, four days early and I was like, oh my God, I felt even more pregnant than what I felt on so the twins. Knew, so yeah. I just knew that, yeah, okay, it's worked. And, and like then that. you had your last little and, person. Yeah, Noah. So he was a year old, just March gone. So yeah. So, so busy house. 
busy house, but it's a great fun house. So that's the end of part one. Don't go anywhere. In part two, we'll be continuing to chat with Selena and exploring the regulation of donors in Ireland, as well as looking at some of the downsides of being a single mother by choice. Motherboard, proudly brought to you by familyfriendlyhq.ie. Welcome back to part two of the Motherboard podcast. Selena, there have been concerns over the regulation of donor databases in fertility clinics. I think it's important to say at this stage that the big thing with fertility in Ireland is that there are some brilliant clinics, but that there isn't an overarching regulating body that kind of anywhere can call itself a fertility clinic. How did you, did you, I know you, they have an excellent reputation, but how did you decide to go to the clinic that you decided on? And were they very clear about, um, you know, checking their database to make sure that it, uh, it wasn't a sperm donor that had been used lots of times? Um, well, I actually, before I actually went to Waterstone Clinic, I had tried um, a clinic in Kilkenny, but when I actually went to it, it didn't feel right. I just got a bad vibe. I didn't feel comfortable and I kind of left the consultation crying. So I was delighted then when my experience at Waterstone had been so, so positive, positive, you know, from the onset. Like, but um, And were they very clear, <coughs> you know, with regards how they check donors and that you're making sure that you're getting some someone that's going to be healthy and well? Oh, yeah, it's very, very strict. Um, their checklist, like with the donors and everything like that. Um, like if you've already mentioned, it's not actually mandatory for clinics to run a database, but Waterstone actually do input all their information through a database. So that means that there that a donor can only be used a limited number of times yeah, by people. Exactly. So they like you if you choose a donor within Waterstone, it's only used once within that clinics and it's logged and details are kept of it. And um, do you feel that's important? Because I know some people do decide to be single parents by choice and would perhaps go kind of a non-conventional route and might, you know, buy sperm off the internet, for example. Do you think it's important that you're quite careful? Yeah, I think you kind of do have to be careful um, like if you are going down the route of being a single um, parent and choosing like a sperm donor. Because I suppose like you have to kind of know like is are they, like is your child going to end up like with a load of siblings kind of like within even like a small area um, and things like that so yeah you, so you're totally right so that it, you know where you're from if five people in your town had used the same then there's conceivably 20 siblings running around yeah exactly so like I think it's kind of a thing that you have to when you go to your clinic that you're going to be reassured that do you know that the donor is only going to be used within like one person um and thing like that so you know that, that you have got the peace of mind that you're not going to and I think you were saying even there's other checks and balances with the Danish like sperm bank that they will only give you know certain you know certain donors into certain areas that for example you're not going to as we said you're not going to have the same person with you know multiple 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 people yeah so like um, like I know for Waterstone that there'd only be like three um say three um, people be allowed to use the donor say like within um, Ireland there'd be no other but and nobody around your area that yeah exactly yeah that it's kind of you know that it is kind of monitored that way 
I think that's really important though as well and even for your kids when they're older you know to make sure that everything's going to be okay that 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 yeah, way yeah exactly but like everything with this is it, you are putting a lot of trust into where you go so it is so important to go to somewhere that has a good reputation and that makes you feel comfortable exactly because like you're making a huge decision like and a huge decision for your kids as well exactly so you want to go somewhere that feels right for you as well and that you feel comfortable and that they are giving you the correct information and everything like that and that anything that you're asked you know that you ask them is put to them that you know that they are explaining and you found that with the clinic that they were just really upfront and open with you and that you felt cared for and minded yeah I really did you know it was just I you know, I've said it before, it really was just amazing experience. That's lovely to hear. So we've talked about a lot of the upsides. and I mean, you are an unbelievably amazing mum with four really beautiful and very happy kids. But are there some downsides? Like, have you ever considered, would you like to meet somebody in the future? Or have you ever considered, are you just too busy? Um, well, like, it's not something that I, you know, complete, completely closed the door on and things like that. But at the minute, I just... I love the decision that I have made to fulfill like my dream of having a family and thing like that. And at the minute, it's just and you've got four beautiful, happy, healthy, lovely kids. Yeah, and you know they're just such a pleasure just to watch them every day and just see them, you know, develop into just kind, caring little people. And you know, it's it's just amazing. Um, yeah, I suppose like at times it'd be nice just to you know to be able to say to someone, oh, here, you know, you take them for a little while. And I suppose. You have all the decisions to make and you kind of don't have anyone to bounce, say, an idea off and whatever. There's quite a lot of pressure with that. Yeah, and I suppose like you are the sole person that can say, well, no, my child is doing this or my child is not doing that and things like that. But I don't really kind of see it as a negative either, if that makes sense, because I suppose I'm so independent. And I mean, you're somebody that that takes full responsibility as well. You know, this really was something that you thought deeply about. Yeah. And you've also thought about the effect that it's going to have on your kids when they grow up, you know, so you've been hugely responsible about that as well. Yeah. And like, you know, when it comes a time that they will have to be explained that, you know how they came about and things like that. And you've thought about that, like what you're going to say. Yeah, I have. Like at the minute, I just feel that even like my eldest boy, he's eight. I just feel that he's not old enough yet to comprehend the whole process of it. But they will all be sat down and explained to when they're old enough to be able to process process why I decided to do it, how they came about and things like that. But at the minute, we just keep it real innocent that like that they came from the stork and that's the story that they're told at the minute. It's just keeping it innocent and, you know, until they're old enough to be able to understand why I decided to do what I did like. And has anyone, have you ever had any kind of negative response of anybody being, you know, not particularly pleasant about it? Um, I only had one kind of bad um, experience kind of when the um, there was an article run in um, a newspaper that it was just kind of trolls on Facebook just throwing back negative, saying that it was selfish that I did it. Keyboard warriors with yeah, their own exactly, opinions. Yeah, exactly. You know, every child needs two parents. And but I, I, like, I have to say that kind of makes my blood boil. Like there are so many very successful families, some grandparents raising kids, some... Um, you know, gay couples raising kids. You don't need, you know, two parents. You need 
a you know a good loving parent and that, like people would say oh do you feel like that they're missing out like on a male role model but should they have your granddad and they've but lots, they can't lots of friends yeah. possibly like my granddad is couldn't you couldn't ask for a better role model for them and then my mom's partner like he is just brilliant you know so with there's them plenty so there's plenty like male the, role models yeah and they have my nanny my own nanny and then my mom as you know female you know and they're not missing out on anything if anything I would say they are so lucky with the family that they have because you know they're they're surrounded with loads of fun and loads of love you know and they're missing out on absolutely nothing like and financially wise did you have to kind of was that a consideration you know after the twins going again was did you have to think of okay so we need to think about can we actually afford you know because kids like they cost a lot yeah they do and it was something like I was honest from the start like I, I saved and saved and saved and worked very hard yeah, to save too. that money and like I I work part time as it is, but like I would work full time if like childcare wasn't so crazy. But I'm so lucky that my own grandparents will mind them while I work. So that's why I choose to work part time so that it's keeping the cost down and I'm home to collect them and everything like that. And also like for yourself, because you're a very independent person, I'm sure work's important. Yeah. And it's nice just to kind of break that cycle of being at home the whole time. And and what excellent role modelling for your kids, you know, because they can see how hard you work at home but also can see that you're actually going out to work too yeah exactly and it's kind of like kind of set an example then for them for the future as well and things like that but you know it's financially yes it can be this is the question I'm trying to ask would you do it again would you go again um, I haven't said no. Because there's one straw There's left. one straw remaining, but I haven't said that I'm closing the door completely Um, to not have So them. what age are the kids now? So your littlest is one, one. and then your oldest is eight and the twins the, are? They'll be three in June. Okay. Yeah. So no, it's So dead. watch the space. Watch the I'll, space. I'll come back and ask. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and looking after yourself, so I mean, you are, you're absolutely you know, dynamite of a person you work, you have these gorgeous kids. But how do you look after yourself kind of mentally as well? Because it is tough being a parent anyway, but also there's an added pressure on you. So how do you mind yourself? Um, well, I actually take two hours out, um, two mornings a week and I actually go um, and do a class for myself. Um, so it's okay, in the brilliant. gym just for, it's my time. It's an hour away from the kids and things like that. Get your head just, spaced right. Yeah, and just to kind of remember that after, you know, being a mom, I'm also a person Yes, independent of yeah, you. Your name is not mom. Um, the whole time, <laughs> do you know, and just kind of remember, oh yeah, this is what it was like before I had children as and well. And to go to the bathroom without somebody coming with you, which yeah, is always lovely. Yeah, it is. It's really <laughs> nice because usually I'll have an audience of two, yeah, if not three. Exactly. But yeah, so no. Or sharing but it, alone, those those lovely those lovely days. Yeah, and like your mom getting, and why do you spend so long in the shower? It's because I'm doing it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but no, it is important to take time out. And you know, yes, we all do that, have the whole mom guilt, oh, you know, I shouldn't be spending, but you need to for yourself to take time out. Um, and again, that's brilliant role modelling for the kids because they can see that, yes, they are like, such an important part of your world but you are still 
an important person and yeah. you have to mind yourself. No, you have, because well, like, if you don't mind yourself, then who's going to mind your children? So you have totally. to look after yourself. Um, like we're all guilty of feeling mom guilt, but you have to pack that aside and think he- a healthy mom, healthy kids. Absolutely. And do you have good friends? Support? I know your family are amazing. Do you have friends that are supportive? Yeah, I have great friends. Um, and social media wise as well, are there support groups around or are there yeah. people, there are other people that would be in a similar, um, have been a single mother by yeah, choice? Yeah, I'm actually a member of the Single Mums by Choice uh, Facebook group. So it's great like to have other mums in the same situation to kind of bounce. And vent and people that yeah, understand. Yeah, understand like, you know, what it's like to be actually being the sole parent and doing it by yourself. So it is good like to talk to like-minded people as well. And the nice thing about that is in a private group like that, you're not going to get those horrible little trolls that are in, no, exactly. you know, saying nasty things just to get a reaction. So you've, it's real support. Yeah, it is like from reliving people. And as you said, like there's nothing nasty, like they're in the same position or if they haven't experienced it, somebody else in the group may have experienced it. So there's it. advice and kind yeah, of peer support there. Is, there. Yeah. And do, um, does the group actually physically meet as well? Yeah, they do. They try to um, meet up like um, twice within the year in different locations. They only had a meet there last weekend in Cork and things like that. So it was great to see so many mums with their children getting together. And, you know, it's kind of empowering to see that there is more and more women deciding to... And that it's not only a viable option, but a very good option for people that you don't need to meet the perfect somebody to be to be a great parent. Yeah, exactly. Because like you could wait forever and then then, then it not happen and you live with regret then that you didn't follow like your heart to have a, you know, start a family. Yeah, which I think is such an important message, isn't it? It is. definitely. And if you were, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, that seems like something I could do. What would be the first steps that you would advise somebody to to go down to if they think that this is for them? Well, definitely, if it's something that they're thinking to do, is definitely follow your heart, look into it, you know, make the appointment, go for your consultation. But also be realistic with, you know, that it is tough at times. Yeah, it is tough um, and things like that. But all the good times do outweigh all the bad times. Um, I'd like say that. Christmas is great in your house. Oh, it's great. It really <laughs> is good. Yeah, it's great having Santi back in yeah, the house. Yeah, absolutely. But no, definitely. Um, if it's something that you want to do, do it and don't be afraid. Um, obviously, look at all your options. But I would say make sure that you have at least so, either a close friend or family support, just someone that's there to kind of bounce your ideas off, your thoughts. And just to mind you as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, that loneliness doesn't kind of yeah, seep into it. Yeah, that you're not like solely doing the journey on your own. You know, you need, everybody needs somebody to talk to. Let them be single or in a relationship. We all need somebody to talk to. Absolutely. And again, brilliant role modelling for your kids that, you you know, you're not just an island. You actually do have great support. Yeah, and that you don't feel isolated. You know, you have to... You must be really proud of yourself though, Selena, to be such a success. Like, you know, know, you've done all of this by yourself. Yes, you've had support, but like you're, you've beautiful children and a great life and it's you did this yourself. I suppose I don't give myself enough praise at times um, well, I for think what I have done. To say. But do, at times I do think, God, you know, it's amazing what I have done and what I have achieved and it's, it was the best decision that I ever made. So no regrets. No regrets. Isn't that no. super? Yeah. I think, being honest, I'd probably do it a hundred times over, but I don't think my house would be big enough. Yeah, exactly. you'd, have to, you'd have to have a massive extension <laughs> then. I don't know. I have a feeling now if we talked another year, 
I'd say there might be another little one. Anyway, we'll leave that there. Thank you so much, Selena, for being so open and honest and telling your amazing story. Um, it's been really, really enjoyable and also very life affirming to see what a success you've made of yourself and your life. Absolutely amazing. And um, thank you all for listening at home. And lastly, don't forget to leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. See you next time on Motherboard. Motherboard, proudly brought to you by FamilyFriendlyHQ.ie.